We'll get to that later. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to After Hours. Podcast on the internet, Stack Podcast. Which is interestingly, did you know? I just I learned this from my girlfriend. Um, if you look, if sometimes Stack Spotify will recommend you Stacked as a um as an LGBTQ podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Even though we're 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 gendered men. Yep, and straight as a fucking nail. Oh my god. We're Dang. allies, though. I, I just, I find that funny that it recommended her that, um, after episode 69 when we all got naked for each other. Maybe they listened and they were like, this is kind they of... They like, yeah, oh, maybe. damn. Nope. Get, get, get these gay boys into the LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. Hey. It's it's the best best podcast any ally could could listen to. Let's just one could say because that's what we all are. We're the we're. Uh, anyways, well, <laughs> welcome back to Stacked. Another episode of After Hours. Um, it's been a while. It has been, been a while. It's been a while for the, the. I mean, it hasn't been too long. For After Hours. <laughs> for After Hours, it has. Oh yeah, it has. What when was the last one we did? It was the one that I did where I. Uh, oh, Sheldon. 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 That was so fun. That was a good episode. Um, Classic. But yeah, it seems like After Hours is basically fifty percent our MCU talk show. Yeah. Um, Next, we'll do so. Best Picture stuff, right? Yeah, we'll probably, stuff. probably yeah. We'll matters. do an Oscar. Next one will probably be an yeah, Oscar. Yeah, let's do one. let's do an Oscars one or a Batman one. I don't know. No. No? Th- doesn't matter. No. I, I veto. Veto. I Fuck Batman. As Robin <laughs> said. His parents died. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, for who? Who doesn't know Batman's origin story? Yo, Who's listening to the uh, stacked podcast? Chris's dad. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> he just knows Sorry. of a Batman. He just knows of a Batman. But he doesn't know who Batman is. Yeah, he knows of a Batman. Okay. But my dad doesn't listen to podcasts, so Brandon's right. <laughs> Uh, why doesn't my dad listen to my podcast? It's okay. My dad doesn't listen either. That's all right. Does your dad listen to Stack, Brandon? Sometimes. He hasn't listened to the whole filmography of our library. It, it's yeah. more of a discography. Would you call it that than a a, pot, a tapeography? What's a podcast? It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's more. It, it is more of a discography than a filmography. But, yeah. Um, well, it's something. Well, this is a great time for us to announce that we're um we're releasing the first fifty episodes of Stacked on CD. Uh, if you want to buy them, <laughs> listen to them in the car. I don't know. Go on, it's good also, for road trips. Real quick, I did want to ask the audience this because I have a, I, in ca- in case anyone wants to throw me some Answer. feedback. Um, yeah. guys, I remember a little while ago I told you about how um on Christmas I watched Home Alone, 
and uh, recorded a comment, yeah. a solo commentary track. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are interested in commentary tracks, let us know. Because I yeah, would love to know. That. that would be a lot of that, fun. Yeah, and we'll record the whole movie. And that's it's that's such an easy <laughs> thing to do on... Um, PS4. On Discord. No, we don't oh. even have to be... We can just do it right here. Watch your movie, yeah, we, you know, synced up. Easy. And, yeah. And we could also, like, hypothetically, you could also very easily do, like, individual commentary tracks. If you like particularly want to talk about a movie, anyway, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Marvel. Um, yeah, Marvel. Brian's got I... the Captain America. Yeah, Chris, you wanna you wanna you wanna kick this off? You've been you're a good after yeah. hours host. You're really good at rolling this up. So sure. I'm very uh, terrible at hosting. Anything. Brandon, you're a great host. Wait, let's you're let Brandon host. host. Brandon. No, I don't want to host today. Okay, okay fine. Chris, uh, take it over. Okay. Um, well, why don't we start with the the show, the, the movie that is, I think, the furthest removed from all the other ones. Let's start with Eternals. Chloe Zhao's Eternals. Good movie. Um, wait. So. Yeah. Wait. We're we doing. We're do, yeah. Can we just say, say? Okay. So we're doing a little review and discussion of the second half of Marvel's 2021 projects. Right. That's what this whole episode's about. Yes. Um, so we covered Loki, WandaVision, and Black Widow in the last one, right? Yes, we've gone up to Black Widow. Yeah. So do you want to talk about... What What order should we do? Should we do a release order? Do you want to do Eternals first? Because we haven't talked about Shang-Chi. Let's do, let's do Shang-Chi. I feel like that's also pretty removed anyway. Yeah. So let's do, we'll do, let's do this. We'll do Shang-Chi. We'll go to Eternals. We'll yeah. do What If. And then... Am I forgetting something? Uh, Hawkeye. Spider-Man. Let's Hawkeye do Spider. Let's Spider-Man. do Spider-Man last. Yeah, because that's a big one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's start with Shang Chi. Um, it's it's been so all, long since I've seen this. Movie. It's been a while, but I will say, all, I know all three of us really like that movie. It is my personal favorite Marvel project this year. In well, in twenty twenty one. Mine too. Brandon, is it the same for you? Mm-mm. No. Oh. What was your number? Oh one? wait, no. Oh, sorry. Eternal? No, it's my third. Yeah. What is my Eternal's third? Your number one, Brandon. No. I got Loki, Loki. At number one. Oh right, Loki. Right. Well, but, of the okay. ones we're talking oh, the about ones we're talking today, about. this is my favorite. Yeah, Absolutely. of the ones we're talking about today, it is my favorite for sure. Um, okay, well, why don't we start? Yeah, so Shang Chi. I don't know. What what can we say about Shang Chi? Like the guy, they fucking killed it. I think they did a great job with this movie. Um, it's so much fun. They did a great job with bringing forward this new superhero. It is an origin story, but. They, I think they, they um, distinguished themselves enough from the the Marvel origin story formula to make it at least somewhat you know new and exciting. The setting is fantastic. The fights are great. Um, do they want to chime in? I don't know. Where, I don't really know how to like get going on this. But. Yeah, I, uh, Brandon. Sorry, you go. No, you go. No, you go. You go. No, you go. No, baby. darling, you go. No, come on. Come on, man. I don't know. I was just going to jump. I didn't even know what I was going to say. You you probably have something to say. I was just going to start rambling. So you go. Oh, no. Let me you click go my thoughts. No, you. No. <laughs> you guys. You guys. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Shang-Chi. Um, biggest. This was my biggest surprise, I think, of 2021 of Marvel's Slate. Just because, um, like Doctor Strange for me, like going into this movie, I knew practically nothing about the character and the world which like made the experience all the better for me in discovering who shang chi is and like what is the um the more martial arts side of the mcu you know um 
outside of like Iron Fist, which I think is very, you know, uh, its own thing. But I, I, I'd love to see Iron Fist, like, reintroduce the like the character in like a Shang Chi two or three. I think that would be a perfect opportunity as they are sort of slowly bringing back Netflix characters, which we will definitely get into this episode. I think one of my favorite things about this year. Um, but yeah, this Dustin Daniel Cretton killed this movie. Like the, the fight scenes, the choreography is the some of the best we've seen in the MCU. Um, the story is so touching. I mean, they got some high caliber cast for this movie. Fucking yeah. Oh my my god. Let's yeah. Let's let's talk about Tony the, Learn. the elephant in the room. Tony fucking Learn. Learn. Oh my oh god. Aquafina. Oh. Aquafina, <laughs> dude. But yeah, Brandon. Tony Lang, fucking yeah. the man. I like. I mean, it's no secret that Tony Lang is one of my favorite actors. Um, I've loved him since like I first got into film because, I mean, yeah, the guy's synonymous with my home, Hong Kong, and he fucking ruled it. He, I thought he did such a great job. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Tony Lang has a nickname in uh, in Asia with um, as an actor. His nickname translates to the man who can act with his eyes. Which is not only a compliment to his dashing good looks, which I think everybody has everybody has labeled Wenwu as a as MCU's newest DILF. Um, <laughs> but um not not only that, but also a testament to his superb acting ability. The guy, like Ethan, I remember when we walked out of the movie, you said you je- you said like if there's any actor who can convince you that they have a thousand years of wisdom behind their eyes, it's yeah. probably Tony Learn. And I would agree, uh, Brandon. You love. I think you. I mean, from the from the movies you have seen with Tony Leung in them, you've been a big fan of his performances. What do you What do you think about uh, his performance as well as just Shang Chi as a whole? I think he just brings something different to Shang Chi. You know, in comparison to the energy of the rest of the MCU, I think you can draw parallels to other stories within the MCU that have a similar dynamic. But here, it felt oddly played differently um well like i you think the first comparison you can make is like ego and peter quill in guardians 2 but here it feels much more uh intimate because there was more of a father-son relationship to begin with rather than something that was like missing from a person and they kind of filled in the gaps with a 30-year reunion (laughs) essentially Mm -hmm. yeah um whereas here it was like sort of this remarkable father-son story played like Shakespearean and it worked for me. It really did. I mean, it it focused on the personal first before getting into the magical surreal world that the, the, that the movie presents in the end. Mm -hmm. And I think Tony Lung is probably one of the best, um, villains of the mcu even it i don't even know if i could call him a villain necessarily because of the way the film plays him yeah and yeah, the way like his a, a misled a misled guy yeah exactly big time simp let me tell big you big time simp that boy was horny, <laughs> he was horny. 900 <laughs> he would kill for you just I'd letting kill, you know let's say kill kill <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Shang Chi was great. Um, I think one thing that I did really like about how they adapted this for the big screen is they made the rings more like bracelets. And yeah, them, dude, the way they okay, I will. I watched like some behind the scenes like 
mini documentary about the film mm. and how they made it. And like one thing that they talked about a lot in terms of um, the way they would do their fight choreography and integrating the rings into that is that they didn't think they they the way they approached it wasn't hey how do we make these rings look cool on screen the way they approached it was hey how do we use the rings to enhance our already fantastic fight choreography you know and like how do we use them as weapons how do we use them as defensive and how do we like integrate them as as like extensions of extensions of the character you might notice that towards the end of the film when when Wu and Shang-Chi are fighting Shang-Chi's like use of the rings is a lot more defensive and when Wu is a lot more i guess uh shall i say like uh i don't know confrontational i don't know what else how else to describe it. but like it, there's you can feel like these like the rings are extensions of the characters when they're used and i think they did a great job Shang-Chi's a really fun addition to the MCU and uh, I'll just say, like, yeah, he, like, being, like, the first, like, like, um, like, Asian lead role in the MCU, it's, it's really exciting for, like, I've seen, like, how much people, like, all across the world have responded to Shang-Chi because, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it, it's our Black Panther, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, you know, it means a lot to a lot of people. And, like, it's, I'm excited that Shang-Chi is going to be a, hopefully a, a, a long-term installation for the MCU going forward, and I think it's it's exci- it's an exciting time. That was that was a, it's a very fun and very heartfelt movie. Surprisingly, it's heartfelt, actually. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's surprising that it is so fresh because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I we haven't had a true origin story in a while, and it didn't feel. It, although there are similarities. What was it an origin for, though? You know, just like Sean, right, just, just Sean, yeah, Sean. And he's not even like a he's not even a titled hero. He's just himself. You know? Yeah. He's just yeah, Shang Chi. Yeah, he doesn't have a secret. So no, he kind of does though, because he oh, has to he... use because he, he was Shang at the beginning, Shawn. and it's yeah. like Shang. Yeah. To me, it sort of felt like, um, like sort of how uh, Clark Kent is the secret identity for Superman, where like when everybody knows this. The... <laughs> yeah, where it's like he starts out the movie as Shang, this dude who like he's rejected his family and like his heritage and himself and by facing Wenwu and like the 10 rings and everything like that he becomes he like sort of accepts himself and his heritage and his identity and that that's why he then goes by Shang-Chi you know and mm-hmm. that's like that's sort of an interesting origin story of in itself of like reclaiming your name you know mhm and that that's just a really cool modern um like I feel like a very resonant thing with people from like like first generation uh families you know uh who are struggling with like wanting to recreate yourself and rejecting your family when you come to America but like this movie's teaching you like to accept your heritage and find power within that even if there is like um some messed up stuff in it if there may be which is like that's super cool, and that's super cool that we have that sort of story told in the MCU. You know, I mean, it also like took so many different directions that I don't think we're used to in the MCU. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think, um, or in this movie, like structurally, I I knew what the first half was going to be, but the second half kind of surprised me. And you can make an argument that the last thirty minutes of the movie don't really pop 
like the rest of the film because it does seem a little CGI heavy. But I think it's still remarkable in what it's able to accomplish and surprising and subverting audience expectation with like a smaller, more personal story. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. I think I think Shang-Chi is like a really, really fun and really exciting addition to the MCU. I don't think anybody like I feel like largely this film was very well received. Um, and yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to seeing what uh, what Shang-Chi does going forward. I mean, spoiler alert, but in the post credit scene, he is he's pretty much in doc- like immediately brought into the Avengers because he uh, Bruce Banner himself says, welcome to the welcome to the circus or something like that. Yeah. And welcome to the Avengers. Also, real quick, I, I do want to bring this up before we move on to our, our next our next thing. But Aquafina is a lot bigger of a role in this than I thought. Yeah. She is gonna is she gonna be an Avenger archer now? I I like, don't know. I, she, I can't honestly she that's she, that's yeah, one of my that's one of my least favorite parts of the movie is like how much they relied on Aquafina sort of just to step up as a hero and why she's joined. It doesn't really make any sense cuz she like just learned how to use a bow and arrow. Like I don't know. She's just there to be Shang-Chi's support. I mean, it's cool to have like supporting characters, you know, like she, it's a good to me, platonic male-female like, relationship. She seems more like Ant-Man's friends, you know? Like, Luis. And, she's a more like a Luis character to me. But, I, uh, think it do, I think it's a little bit more meaningful than that because her character is, like, representative of male-female platonic relationships that are, like, so absent in Hollywood film. Now it could turn into a romance. I'm not saying it won't. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. Um, but, but, yeah. So, cool. but I, I think it works. I, I agree though that it does feel she earned in at the end that she goes with them. I don't know about it. I wouldn't mind if she was there. I mean, I just wish. it makes sense why she would go with them, but I, I just hope they don't make her yeah. an Avenger. You know, like she was where yeah. she was there with Shang Chi when Wong came to go get them. So of maybe a West Coast Avenger, but not an Avenger. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> <Zam>, okay. <laughs> um, well. Great. Also, um, one last thing. Yeah, I it. love that they made Shang Chi like a heavy hitter Avenger. Like he is, he is worthy to stand up there with Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor in terms of his power set now. Because that's what I was yeah. worried about going in. I was just like, oh, so he just knows martial arts. Like, okay, that's is he? Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't want him to. How's be he like gonna a, fight Thanos? I don't want him bro. to be like a Black Widow Hawkeye character where like he's just doing using martial arts on hordes of aliens or hordes of kangs that we'll see in the future you know (laughs) this guy this dude has like now like people were saying like the final scene of shang chi was like dragon ball levels by the way he was like using the orbs the rings and shooting him out like like a kamehame or something you know like oh my god yeah Um, i am very super cool how they go with him going forward all right yeah um all right, let's move on. Let's let's actually. I think we should move on to Hawkeye before oh. we go into the next. So let's 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 talk. Hawkeye so we're gonna skip a, a what if. I'm. I think we should do what if before we do Spider Man because there is a slight. Oh yeah, then, I forgot. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. turtles. But we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. But, uh, let's okay. do Hawkeye. So okay. uh, does anyone want to start us with Hawkeye? Solid show. Solid hey, show. Yeah, fun show. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of the David Aha series. So, seeing that it was marketed a lot, taking inspiration from that series, and, like, uh, how Clint is betrayed in that comic run, uh, left me a little bit disappointed, I must say, in the series, just because um, 
I sort of miss sort of the substance and style, stylization of that that I thought I was going to get here by its marketing. But it does present like a very interesting dynamic between and brings in a really fresh new character in Kate Bishop, you know, and her with Clint Barton. I think that's what the show is all about. This was this was establishing her as the new Hawkeye and like this new relationship between the two. And I think in that sense, it did succeed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it did something that just made me so, so very happy. It brought back oh, the yeah. boy. One, one of the MCU's greatest villains, Wilson Fisk, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Um, I would say, I feel like he was a little misused and underused in the show, but the potentiality is there, you know? I think, I think he's going to come back in a big way and be a huge heavy-hitting force in the MCU. So I'm excited. What do you guys yeah, think? I think um, for me, like Hawkeye was was a very like it was surprisingly refreshing for me to to watch Hawkeye because I think for a long time now we've been dealing with these much more like cosmic, mystical, like very heavy, big, like giant scope, um, you know, like Avengers level threats, and then now we're like, hey, we're back on the ground with 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 this character, and I think they did a great job with with it. Um, I am, I was. I was like happy to see that like Hawkeye finally got a little bit of time to like develop his character a little bit. Um, you know, it was nice to like I would not maybe it was not like nice to see, but like it was. I'm glad that they developed him in the sense of like you see how much the events of the previous movies have affected him physically. You know, with his um, he's now he's now like ha- like partially deaf, um, and you know like he also has like some emotional damage from what has happened in his life like not only as ronin but also just like coming to terms with what happened with natasha and just like how the avengers have like affected the world and stuff like that and like you know like i mean it it says it like the you it says it all when uh he goes to see uh the steve rogers play on uh oh my on God. broadway the look on his face is just like i mean that's everybody's face when they're watching it because it's the cringiest thing yeah but um yeah like i think they did a great job with making him feel more human and like kind of developing him more a nice introduction to kate bishop i definitely um it did take me a little while throughout the series to warm up to their dynamic but eventually i think they kind of found their footing a little bit better um yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it wasn't anything particularly special to me. You know, it wasn't like a, a series that I'm going to be like, oh, I got to rewatch that. But like, I thought for what it was, it was fine. And it came out in the holiday season. So yeah, for me, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was it was perfectly fine for me. And that's all I wanted. And that's what I got. So yeah. Uh, Brandon, do you have anything you want to add about Hawkeye? I think it's a good show. I don't love it. I think... Like Ethan, I think it does leave you a little disappointed in terms of like what it sets up and then what it ends up being. I think these MCU shows have had a hard time sticking the landing. Um, I think that's the biggest issue I've had with all of them. Um, it was they've, they've all. I think WandaVisions is overblown because everybody was expecting something that thematically just didn't make sense. Um, and Loki's is great though. Loki's is good. Loki's, Loki's is good, is the but best one. that one's amazing. And then the other two shows, one we haven't mentioned yet, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, both have decent wrap ups, but like they are really ham hammed. Mm-hmm. Up. Like there are a few things in both of those finales that make me Just go, "Huh?" 
puzzle pieces forced together to make you go yeah what all right this was either put together too quickly and i think that that's because these mcu shows are just figuring themselves out this is the first time marvel is attempting true tv and it does feel cinematic which is great and i don't i don't hate that but um i think there is there is some definitely some good in there i think they have good chemistry i think episodes three and four are some of the best mcu television we've gotten uh, I think that's where the show should have more focused in on. Not saying I don't like Kingpin's introduction, yeah. But I feel like if he was gonna be a presence in the show, he- having him be the main villain constantly throughout, yeah, would have worked yeah. so much better. And think- having Echo just be like a a henchman that is, you know, turning good by the end is would have made thematic sense. But they yeah. shoveled too much in there. To yeah, me, there was a. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Ethan. No, sorry. To me, it just feels like Marvel. Is, they're trying to. They're struggling through this problem of how do we get our viewers to come back week to week, and it mm. seems like with these first shows, their sort of formula for that is we need to set up this main villain that people will lose their minds over by the time the show's over. You know, they mm-hmm. did that with WandaVision, Loki. Now this one, uh, they did that in Falcon and Winter Soldier two with um the power broker you know um and i it's get i'm i'm tired of it you know i i don't it's think it's good setup but it's so formulaic it's good setup like... i think it worked really well in wandavision loki because those were more mystery shows where this one did not need to be a mystery i feel neither did falcon you know neither did falcon you know um so i don't even know even what f to a certain extent makes a little more sense but it doesn't work as well that's not really a mystery though that was just like they just had that last you know i don't know yeah yeah we'll talk about what if later but uh-huh. yeah i'm i'm done i'm done with uh reveal episode reveal villain at the end of new costume uh, either penultimate <laughs> episode and then have them defeated in the last episode you know yeah it would have been nice yeah you guys are right i do think the the series does have this problem of like there, it is overstuffed. There's a lot of like going on that's like, feels lo- like by the end it's kind of like inconsequential towards what's really going on here. Like, I mean, okay, so you have like Bishop, you have Bishop's mom, and then you have like the fiance, and then you have Yelena, and then you have Hawkeye and what he's doing. You have the guys in the the, the what's the, the tracksuit track mafia, tracksuit mafia, Echo, Echo, and then you have like her was it her her brother? Is it her brother? He, Kazi is like her friend and like a student. Like apparently he was like the kid she was playing karate with in her origin episode. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah. okay. And um, he just was raised in the same system. Yeah, so gotcha. like it, it is overstuffed. There's a lot There's a lot of good in there and I think they could really play with some of that stuff. But there's, there's just a bit too much and I think they bit off a bit more than they could chew in six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, other than that though, it, it's a fine series. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it. I think it flirted with gritty, which I really was hoping that it would go more deep into. Because especially episode three, like, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but episode three of Hawkeye is like up there with some of my favorite MCU content of the year. I watched that episode like four times. Whereas Mm -hmm. like the only other episodes I did that with were the last episode of Loki and maybe like the second or fifth episode of Loki. Just because I love those fourth episode, not fifth, um, and that's because it it showcases the action that you'd expect from a more 
street level hero it, it has a great origin of like a great under known or underseen overlooked character in echo and it's beautifully done and not only that but it seamlessly integrates elements from the rest of the mcu without feeling forced right but then the rest of the show feels a little toned down especially the last episode which is like kind of why it was a little disappointing i didn't think it was bad just you know it's fine mm-hmm. uh, that's the worst but- of the mcu is when it's just fine bro yeah it's like the thing is like mcu like they regular they regularly put out like good like at least good yeah um oftentimes and from time to time they'll put out great or amazing and but when they're fine it's it's kind of just frustrating because you know they can do better yeah mm-hmm. it's like getting I mean, a c in your report card you know what i mean uh, yeah let's get a b let's at least get a b but, and yeah. let's let's talk about something that i think was just fine eternal force Shut right. up. You're um, wrong. A little less than fine. I Ethan, why don't you start since I like you're you're the least warm you're least into it. I'm yeah. middle, Brandon's most into it. Yeah. Go, go so uh I I had the pleasure of seeing this movie with um some of the crew that worked on it at the El Capitan Theater, like a couple of days before it was released. Which was a super fun experience. Uh I don't know if you guys have ever been to the El Cap, but like beautiful theater. Um and I just remember just being like, hmm, okay, that, so that, 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 that happened. I don't know. It was just very, I think the biggest problem of Eternals is that Chloe Zhao is introducing way too many characters and, um, a plot that is way too big for Disney's shoes that they were trying to convey. Um, there's too much exposition and re-exposition in the movie um things are paced very oddly jumping back through time and back to the present skipping through scenes there are literally scenes were edited where characters are standing here saying okay time to go and really as they say go it cuts to like a ship flying off and it's just like it's a jarring edit where scene where this movie is directed to be slow, but it then is edited to be like a fast paced blockbuster, you know, and that just didn't gel with me. Uh, what I did love was I love I love I still love the lore. I love the lore of the show. I think I love yeah. the exposition. Like, even though it's over explained to hell, I think it's cool as fuck. Um, I think the third act is fucking amazing. I think. It is one of the best third acts in any MCU film. Uh, I think Chloe Zhao has seen the movie End of Evangelion <laughs> and wanted to pay homage to that in this film, which always makes me a little little happy boy, you know. Um, but yeah, I just I didn't I never found any of the characters interesting. I don't care if we ever see any of the Eternals ever again. We will. I know we will, and they'll probably make me like them. But just like from now, this is how I felt. Like watching the first Thor, you know, it's just like okay, you know, it's it's very first Thor, first Incredible Hulk, Iron Man oh. two for me, bottom tier. Uh, I don't know, I could take or leave Eternals, but I want to buy it on Blu-ray because the Target exclusive Blu-ray looks cool as fuck. So I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> <laughs> little it'll look good on my shelf. So Chris, what did you think of Eternals? Eternals, I thought was good. I think they did a great job with like. Um handling the scale of it all it's a very big movie in terms of sheer scope i think it's the biggest mc individual mcu film we've had 
maybe arguably since Endgame. I mean, uh, like comparably to Endgame, but um, yeah, I think they did a good job. Um, I think it's like, um, I think they did a, Chloe Zhao did a good job, at least to me, of being able to kind of like, even with this giant scale, they still have a humanity to all the characters and there's a hum humor to all of them. I actually like was surprised that I actually know all of their names. Like I didn't, I didn't have really any trouble memorizing all of their names. And Same usually man. that's something that I have, that I have trouble with. Kingo. <laughs> but um, Makari. Yeah, like, Makari. Um, oh, Ben. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> I really, I, I like, I like the Etern I like the Eternal Girl. Anyway, um, oh, but anyway, uh, hold on, that threw me off. Um, Whoa, we threw him off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it had like go, I, go, go. I might be me reading too far into this, but I thought the film's philosophy was also really interesting, talking about like um humanity and how destructive we are, but also how worth saving we are. Uh, reminds me. I remember I wrote about how it reminds me of like ancient Greek plays, like Humanities, which I had to study when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, free will, determinism. There's all that stuff there. There's all, it's, you could you could probably write a paper about this movie if you really wanted to. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think you know. There, largely, it's very good. I there is are certainly some things that I don't like about this movie. Um, I I will agree with you, Ethan, about the editing. Um, yeah. Not in the sense of that in that aspect, but I do think there were some jarring cuts, like um, for example, or like certain like creative choices in the dialogue that I was like, oh, okay, like for example, when in the beginning when Icarus and uh, what's her name, um, Cersei, nah, I, Cersei, now nah, I already forgot her fucking name. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I know all the Eternals' names, like um, uh, <laughs> I I knew him, I got it, I knew I him. Yeah, so Icarus introduces himself to Cersei on that ship. And they, they go up to they go up to the window. They see Earth for the first time. They see this home, the place that they're gonna call home for years, for like generations going forward. They're looking at it. It's beautiful. And then she looks at it, and I think, and Cersei says like, "Isn't it beautiful?" And then Richard Madden just looks at her like, and just like, "I'm Icarus." And then it just cuts to like the next scene. Yeah, there are just little things like that that throughout the movie that I'm just like, oh no. But largely, no. like that, that, like largely, I that doesn't bother me all that much. Just something that I want to throw out there. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 good. Um, I enjoyed it. I I am excited to see what they do with this going forward because they are def these are definitely the most powerful people in the MCU right now, at least from what I would guess. Yeah. Um, Joe Pesci. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, Joe Pesci. My, Joe Pesci. Uh, He's the <laughs> most powerful. So yeah, we'll have to see. But I am excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, can't wait to find out. Brandon, I know you like this movie. This movie has grown on me more and more. I've seen it twice. Um, but I honestly could see it more. I remember Ethan coming home from the premiere and I was like super excited because Eternals was my most anticipated Marvel movie of the year, even more so than No Way Home, I think. But then Ethan said, I don't think I ever want to watch that movie again. And I yeah. said, wow, wow, I'm not crushed, but okay. Uh, and I watched it and I was like, there is a reason why this movie is really divisive. You know, I've seen all kinds of like discourse around this oh. movie. It's like, oh, it's the worst MCU movie by far. There's like nothing worse than it. It feels like it's pandering in terms of its like diversity Blah blah blah. The, like genuine like critics saying that versus like just the social justice 
warrior anti channels, you know, the ones on YouTube. And then there was like people who are like, this is just okay or an all right MCU entry. There's people who are saying it's good, like Chris. And then there are some people who are like, this is the best MCU property ever. And I'm somewhere between Chris and the best MCU property ever because I do think it has its issues. Like, Sprite is a oh, weak character, poorly portrayed character. by the. I I think a lot Sprite of Sprite is so annoying. It's I, a I, deviant. I think holy <laughs> shit is that a deviant? Holy uh, shit is that a deviant? I was yeah, like uh, that 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 was the moment for me where I was like, okay, well, <laughs> well we've had we've had a good I, run. <laughs> i think a lot of reviewers are being too nice to child actors if they're not very good and i think they are with this girl 100 percent because it's like her line delivery throughout the whole movie is flat and you might be able to say hey that's because she's not really attached to humanity like most of the other ones but there are some people who are not attached to humanity at all in the movie who exhibit more human characteristics than she does you know and it hurts to think about and like whatnot but like i think it's a f- a fantastic well-made movie it, d- it differs from the marvel formula it doesn't go big army in the sky big portal in the sky and instead it, it opts for a more like personal story between each of these 10 people and i although i agree with certain aspects of people saying well we don't see enough of the eternals caring for humanity or why there is a reason to care when the reason is all around us as an audience now it is an excuse to make that that's lazy as a filmmaker not to integrate into the film i think it would make it far more crowded because the film already had a lot more to do with its individual setting up of each character um and i think it did a great enough job with those 10 characters to the point where i was like i understand where they're coming from there is a lot to love about humanity but there's also a lot to hate about humanity and i think they captured that divisiveness well because of their emotions and how they evolved from the beginning where you know icarus laughably delivers flat lines and then is like some somewhat becomes a compelling character like a strong i think twist villain I it Let's surprised talk, me. I, I haven't talked about that at all. Like I don't. I it you, surprised me. Icarus personally. becoming the villain because like Be- I thought he was like the main hero. Like whenever I read about Eternals and stuff, I was like, "Is this dude's like the main hero?" He is. And I read yeah. the I read the beginning comic book run. I've been following it for like months, and I've been reading up on Eternals because it's generally something that interests me. And yeah. I think the twist is actually very, very subversive and shocking. As somebody who read those books. Now, if you didn't read those books, I think, I don't think it would be as moving or even surprising necessarily. Because in the film, like, they're, they show you the trailer so many times that you know that there's other scenes with Icarus and Ajax. And Ajax is dead at the beginning of the movie. So, you're like, wait a minute. Hold yeah, up. that's true. But, like... From that standpoint, you're like, well, maybe he knows more than he's letting on, but I don't think he's the villain. But I actually think it's a very good choice. So me, yeah. I liked it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody could really hate that move. Maybe it, to me, I didn't hate it. I was just like, okay. okay, like I like I knew I knew the dude was like the main hero. It was like so out of left field. To, they're like, let's make the main like the main hero the villain 
I don't think it was out of left field though. Uh, I guess so, but like I don't know. It just it was so unexpected that I just I I was felt more confused than like actually like feeling like the betrayal. You know, I was like, wow, okay, that was crazy. His his goal was to stall them, and he succeeded. And I think that brings about such an interesting concept. I read just read the Ultimates, uh, both runs of the Ultimates, the universe, Ultimates 1 and Ultimates 2. And the way it portrays the cosmic MCU is the way that the Eternals movie does. And I don't feel like there's a better representation of it in movie form than Eternals. Like, it's better than the Guardians movies in terms of capturing that aspect of the comic books. And it's little dry. Yes, I agree with that critique, but I actually kind of like it because it sets it apart from the rest. And to get a, such an alien director to blockbusters like a Chloe Zhao, whose work, like you could see how like Taika's work would translate to the MCU. But I don't, we were all talking about how, how is the Eternals going to even look before there was a trailer and or poster for the movie? You know, mm-hmm. we were all like, how is this going to look? And I think she made a movie that was a Marvel movie, yes, but I think she also made her own Chloe Zhao-like movie. Right. Uh, and it worked for me. Um, I do have issues with it, but I, I really liked it. And the Celestial stuff, my God. So cool. So fucking yeah. cool. I really do think that's they're planting seeds for Galactus with that. I think just how you know they've sort of combined other things, the MCU, like, uh, just combining multiple ideas to make things a bit more simple and streamlined from the comics. I think they're gonna somehow tie Galactus to a, as a, like a celestial being, of like maybe there's like a deviant form of celestial who like he is kind of a celestial in the yeah. comics though. Yeah, I don't think that's like far off. Yeah, so he's like an offshoot of the celestials in the comic books based on his origin in the book I read. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm dying to see, dying to see what happens. Uh, before we, before we uh, move on to our next, uh, our next property. Yes. Um, I do want to ask who is your guys's favorite eternal? Just cause there's so many of them. Everybody favorite? has a different favorite. Just a character I that you like. Favorite. Pick, uh, pick one that you thought was entertaining. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. Um, oh man. All right, why don't, why don't I start? Um, I'll, I'm okay. going to, you can name three because I know there's so many. My favorite okay. were Gilgamesh, Fastos, and Kingo. Yeah, I like those. Wow, guys. only they're men. Cool. They're really. Hey, Fastos. Like, oh, okay, he was the IKEA. Hey, they're, 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 they're all POCs, guy. Brando. Oh, yeah. Best joke of best joke of 2021 was yeah uh, you fucking ra- what this guy's gonna choose Icarus I bet <laughs> no I'm not gonna choose Icarus <laughs> he's gonna pick Druig you're gonna pick Druig Druig the literal fascist character that's shown as a hero yeah pick him <laughs> no that I, that was I'm such actually... a bizarre subplot can I just say like I liked Druig's it because I thought Druig was gonna be a villain no that yeah everyone picked it comics. as a villain but why was he He's done horrible shit. Like, incredibly fascist and imperialist shit. Like, he's still mind-controlling people in South America. He realizes it's wrong, though. He doesn't. 
No, he does though. He's like, it. It became. I watched it a second time, so I feel like I have a little bit more oh. here. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, I Wait. I saw I saw it with Marvel employees, so I feel like I have a little leverage myself. No, I don't. Well, have you that. should maybe watch it again because it's more. Oh, okay. To well, pick up a little details because if you're talking about how Druig he he mentions like. It's not a regret he has. He feels like he he did something right, but at the same time, it didn't sit right with him because it lost, it made them not human anymore. Yeah. By what he was doing, and that's a itself a comment on the idea of fascistic intent of what he's doing. Like, yeah, you might see it and be like, hey, like I'm doing the right thing by keeping these people from killing one another, but on the same time, they're not human anymore. Right. And that's why he walks away in the end. Also because he's, like, going to save the world and the humans that he cares about because he spent hundreds of years with this colony that he's created. Um, and you don't know if he's been, like, mind-controlling them the whole time. Like, maybe they've developed a personal relationship with them. Now, I wish they would have shown that, but I liked it. It did um, seem like they did. <laughs> I don't know if there's a mind-controlling My favorite Eternal is not Druic, okay? My know, favorite Eternals are... Makari, Cersei, and Fastos. My favorite is Makari, I gotta say. Like, in terms of, like, just power set alone, I think... Yeah, I will say, they handled... They handled, to... they, yeah, they handled a speedster really well in this movie, for some reason. Yeah. They just did it really like, well. Like, they handled... They handle the speedster like I feel like they do. They handle the flash and in, in like the injustice video games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, where like his speed is is like is used as a strength in that game, and you could yeah. feel Makari's strength as she like beats the shit out of Icarus. Like the thuds and like using like just the speed, like the force of speed, not the speed force, just to, like knock him back and stuff. It's not strength; it's just speed, and that's also, really cool to see that used. I want to mention, Thena wasn't one of my favorite Eternals, but I loved what they did with her character. It's so yeah. weird to have Angelina Jolie in a role where she is not the lead. And I don't love Angelina Jolie as an actress, but I loved what they did with her character and making her like mentally incapacitated. But she found her way on her own through her grief and through, through her pain. And I love that because it is a very human thing to put somebody through. It's like, I don't want to lose my memories and thoughts of what is and who I love. And it's so fascinating to have that character that weakened, but at the same time, so strong, like yeah. physically. Yeah, so I will, I will agree. That's true. Um, before we move on to what if one last thing, sorry, we have to, we should probably talk about the post credit scenes. Um, let's mm. start with let's start with uh, the ones with Kit Harrington when he opens the sees the sword. It's I don't think it's a secret bro. that yeah he's Black Knight and Blade. Blade. We hear uh, Mahershala Ali. First a lot sooner than I thought. A lot sooner I thought, than I yeah, thought he would appear. I, I thought that would be a way further down the line thing. I thought we would see Fantastic Four before we saw Blade. Yeah, but here we are. Um, yeah, so we we don't see him. We hear him. He says like a one word. But still, it's cool. Um, it's nice to see all of that. I think this also presents a really exciting thing for the MCU because, um, Ethan, have I, have I told you guys about my theory about how Spider-Man will eventually meet the Eternals? Like, what that pathway looks like? No. Here's, how my, here's, here's my, my theory. Cersei is an Eternal. Cersei knows Kit Harrington's character. Kit Harrington meets Blade. Blade hunts Morbius because he's a vampire. And uh -huh. Morbius... Via Spider Verse meets yeah. Tom Holland. 
I think that's just a weird connection that they're gonna make eventually. That is a weird connection. Um, but I, I don't know. I I just think it's cool that they're finally developing like the Midnight Suns corner of the MCU. Yeah, the and dark think, side and, of the MCU. Yeah, so we're we're getting that with like Moon Knight. I think Blade's gonna appear in that. Probably Black Knight again. You know, um, yeah. we're probably Werewolf gonna get Ghost night. Rider soon. You know, yeah, yeah Werewolf by Night. Get Ghost Rider. Uh, starring yeah. uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. It's gonna be fucking dope. Uh, and it's just something new. They always are able to find a new corner to tap into, especially now that they've acquired all the Fox characters. Yeah, it's just it's so cool. So there's no that. limits except for it's what the just, Sony. Yeah, it's literally just what Sony has now, and like I mean, they they partner with each other. Yeah, for Spider Man at least. So you know, we'll see. Super um, cool. Cool. And uh, all right. Harry Styles is in the MCU. Um, what do you guys think? It works for the character. I remember yeah, yeah, I, the character. I, honestly, I could see him as Star Fox a little bit. I remember the character from the comic books um, where he was in the Infinity storyline because obviously he's he's brothers with Thanos. And he didn't really do much in that one. But based on his character in the comic books, this is like the best casting they could do, honestly. Yeah, like, get a really like, hot guy who's very charismatic. Yeah, charismatic hot guy, and I mean, I I don't think I, I I don't think anybody would disagree that Harry Styles is a pretty charismatic hot guy. So we'll see, Ethan. What do you think about Harry Styles? I I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I don't either. That's Pip the troll. Patton Oswalt is Pip the troll. That was cool. That's kind of. I love cool. Patton Oswalt. Uh, People are saying that's going to be a thing for Guardians 3. I think it could be, but that movie is already overstuffed as it is. Same with Thor th- or Thor 4. Thor 4. Um, Both of those movies feel overstuffed already. So, it's so like, what are they doing? So at the end, they're going to go fight other Eternals. Is that what they're doing? It's implied. Okay. I think, like, it's hard to really pin down where they're going with each of these characters because and that's what makes it so exciting because with with shang chi you kind of know with like all of these other phase four properties you know where they're going because they've kind of telegraphed it to the audience and it's clear but here it's like what makes it exciting is like uh you have all these beautiful characters that are very different and they're off on their own separate journeys there are three sections basically there's the midnight sun section there's the eternals that are with harry styles and pip and then there are the eternals that have been taken by the celestials yeah and i love all that i love that, all that that ending dude Woo. his As- hand is so fucking scary it's so big like seeing that in yeah. imax like genuinely i think i leaned back in my seat and i'm like whoa yeah, it is. I saw I saw Eternals in Dolby right in front of the screen. Like I saw a uh, dude, and I was just like, "Oh, oh!" I felt like <laughs> I was being taken in yeah. by them. I was like, "What am I? What did I do wrong?" Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on okay. to what We're, if. Um... Yeah, and... we got we got like um. Let, let's 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 keep it a little faster through what if so we can get more time for spider-man because we're running yeah, out like 50 minutes right now yeah so um quick Ethan, what if takes because the show doesn't really yeah uh what if pretty neat idea show i think the execution uh 
especially towards the end, was a little... Missed the mark just a bit. I, I don't think this should be a show with, a, like, a... An arc. With an arc, a continuity. I think it should just be, like, the Twilight Zone, just an anthology series. That's all I want from yeah, it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, my favorite uh, story was either uh, the What If Ultron 1 and... The first part. And the first part, yeah. What if Ultron won the first part? And uh, what if the Avengers like never assembled? Or the the murder mystery one. That was my second favorite one. Mm. Um, yeah. Because those those are really like playing with uh, small changes on the MCU and playing with the world on a in a grounded level. I feel like some of them were just a little bit too out there and how big the changes were, which is fine, but, like, I feel like that's what the comics are for. If I want to see something I would have shown the MCU, I want to still feel make it feel like it's in the MCU, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the, the Party Thor one, like, Ugh. okay, that's that's fine. Or, um, let's see, even, even the T'Challa Star-Lord one, I don't know, that was just, like... It didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like it, it, that could happen in the MCU. You know, I don't know, but I thought it was a pretty, a pretty solid show overall. Uh, I thought it was okay. I the ending I feel like was rushed. A because yes. I think it's there's an episode missing from it. Gamora as just shows up. <laughs> We're just like, we never got an episode about you, but that's because of COVID. Um, and I just, I just don't feel like they had the need to bring these characters together but i feel like there is going to be some sort of payoff to this multiversal team assembling so we'll see what do you guys think i for me like i think what if was a like like, i think a show that um is doing a lot more than it needs to i think it's a Mm. very promising idea i think it's a really cool idea the idea of like hey let's just create a bunch of these elves world stories and let's just roll with that i think that's great i think because like Fans would love it. There's a lot that you could do with that. Um, I really like the zombies episode because I think that was it's good. That was for me like like the what if show at its purest, where it's like, hey, literally, what's the craziest thing we could throw at them? Zombies. Throw zombies in the MCU. Why not? Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And that, that's the fun part of it because it's I, I don't and it's it's weird because I don't think that this this show should have any larger repercussions on the rest of the universe. I know that that's kind of the point, but it's also like whatever. Like you know, you can still have like fun adventures go on, and like we don't have to worry about that within the larger continuity of the MCU. But I think they do, they do do some good stuff. But there's do definitely, do. <laughs> and there are definitely some episodes that stand out a lot more than the others. Um, the whole thing at the end with Ultron, like you guys said, I think episode one was great. But dude, they nerfed the shit out of him in episode two. He's so weak by the end. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. He 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 so suddenly became the greatest threat in the lar- in the entire multiverse, and then just like went like went out with a with a fucking USB. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Killmonger. It, yeah, and it's fine. It's 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 light. It's fun. But I wish they would just stick to stick to it. Keep it simple. Anthology series like like Ethan said, like Twilight Zone or Black Mirror or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Brandon, you? Even, like, the comics, you know? I loved the What If comics growing up because it gave us, like, a... There's the 616 continuity if you're reading all the older um, MC... Or not MCU. Marvel comics, right? 
those that was a very long running series until they decided they they could actually reboot it in like the 80s and 90s so like um when they got around to like oh we've killed all our characters and we've kind of developed everything further they were like what else can we do and in that time they developed like what if and those stories always are fascinating because they remind me most of what like the MC or the Marvel comics can do with their characters that is so creative. And it's more than just like swapping origins, you know, like the first episode of the show. Uh, I think this is by far the worst of Phase 4 has had to offer yet. I think there are four great episodes of this that stand out. The Doctor Strange one, which we didn't Ooh, mention yet. I forgot that one's so good. It's yeah. It's very good. Uh, we have the and the other three that you guys have mission, mentioned the first part of the finale which was really really cool um, then you've got um, the zombies episode which spun off its own show and it's also a very good episode does the does the comic run justice I'd say just not as gory which is fine <laughs> it's animated uh, and then there's the what if the Avengers died you know that's a great episode Ethan and I both were like now that's what what if should be when we watched it because the first yeah. three episodes or first two episodes were like eh, they're fine but like like we talked about when we were talking about uh hawkeye and falcon and the winter soldier it's like sometimes fine doesn't cut it especially when you're just consistently producing sevens and eights out of tens and we're big fans so you're gonna get that out of us as long as you tell us a good story and have like enough to communicate there also pacing of the show is very whack um yeah the way episodes the way episodes are structured at least certain episodes it's like they took a 90 minute movie idea for a what if and then they condensed it to 23 24 minutes and then it felt like they were rushing beats like just to get to it that would parallel the movies in some way and the best episodes were the Doctor Strange one because it didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Zombies yeah. episode, which didn't really have like that sort of formula. The fi- the finale was different in its structure, but it, it felt that way in the second half. So I'm kind of not including it. And then the Avengers one did feel very similar. Like it was yeah. jumping too quick. But those two episodes did really well with the pacing. But the pacing threw me off and the animation was... A mixed bag. I love the action and the way certain characters looked, but I don't know about the way the mouth, the mouths moving looked. I thought it looked poor. You know what they should have done? They should have done it like Spider Verse, different universe, different kind of animation. I, I think, that, think that's a good I idea. I think that would have been way. That would have been nice. But like like what they did for Visions. That would have been like what they did for Star Wars Visions. Yeah, which yeah. I haven't seen yet. Visions. But. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, well, since we. Since Brandon brought it up, uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. Uh, why don't we uh, Why don't we jump right into uh, Spider Man No Way Home and we're just going to skip to the let's let's yeah. start to the very end because may as well. Um, what, the post credit scene of Spider Man No Way Home is basically a trailer for uh, Doctor Strange into the multiverse. Sorry, into the multiverse. Multiverse of madness. Uh, multiverse of madness into the multiverse. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, good. Good title. So yes, he he is in he's in that movie. Well, assuming that's him. Supreme um, Strange. It probably is. Supreme Strange. Um, yeah, so what if has large repercussions for the MCU? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything you want to say about that trailer? I'm excited to see Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange interact. You know, 
I don't know. Give me, I'm give just, me it just got me excited. That's about it. Yeah. Give me live action uh, Ross McQuaid or McCord's uh, Ultron <laughs> from What If. <laughs> I love that dude. Although, like, you, they nerfed him too much, and I don't know how you could make that a compelling battle yeah, yeah. until, like, if they did that way, way down the line, I'd love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that also the thing that that also explains why what if is like voice actors changing you could like totally bring in other actors to play avengers as just variants which is like mcu has effectively gotten rid of any plot hole by that by introducing this multiversal element and i'm excited for this movie but i'm scared now because of no way home because i am i like the movie but i'm very lukewarm on it very lukewarm on a lot of things so i'm scared that and starting to become cynical about what the audience wants and i know that shouldn't affect my opinion of the art but it is starting to so yeah well uh let's go let's dive into the meat of uh of uh spider-man no way home um yeah who wants to start i don't i don't even know where to begin with this um well okay well i guess uh why don't i start with uh i okay well i thought the move was good i really enjoyed myself i thought it was a lot of fun um as a as a lifelong spider-man fan you know growing up with toby Maguire and uh you know being in my adolescent age throughout with andrew garfield and now into my young adult life with tom holland it's 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 a journey it was a great journey um it was it was really i mean okay well let's start with um yes they are in that movie um the spoilers were true um we should have said at the beginning of the episode we're spoiling all this stuff I'm pretty sure. And now we're, yeah. maybe we said that. I don't remember, but but yeah, the I think I, I remember we talked about this about how like the my my experience with watching this movie unfortunately was lar- was very largely damaged by um, leaks, spoilers, and I think I I think pe- we over the world over theorized about this. Mm. We we did too much talking. And by the point, by the time that it happened, it was expected, and I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I, I know, I'm in the minority. I think, I think all of us are in the minority in the sense of like, of, uh, we liked it, know, we didn't people, love it. Yeah, we we all liked it. We didn't fall in love with it. But um, yeah, so I thought it was really fun. Um, the adventure itself was. It's a big love. It's this movie really is just a big love letter to. Um, you know, Spider-Man, like, as a whole, not only as a character, but, like, the generations of Spider-Man fans. Um, there's a little bit of everything for for people to enjoy. Um, the villains are great. I think every no one would disagree that um, Willem Dafoe gives it his all in this performance. I think he yeah. really, really carried it with this. Um, certain actors, I think, stood out a lot more than others. I, it did, I did laugh at knowing that... Um, the actor for Sandman and Lizard did not make it for the shoot, so they just voiced <laughs> yeah. it and used recycled footage. Which I, for, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen those. I know those movies like the back of my hand, so I recognized the footage that they used. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I'm really. I, we'll get into the ending of that movie in a little bit once we give our initial thoughts. But I had a great time. Um, yeah, it's a fun adventure, you know. Like, go. I I do wish I went into that movie with less expectations and less knowledge about what could happen because I think that really affected it. But looking back, great time, fun time. That's all I wanted out of a out of. I, that's usually all I want out of a movie, and 
they delivered and I had a good time. Um, uh, I don't know which one of you guys wants to go next. Brandon. I'll go. I go because I don't want to. You have I'm an interesting like, journey with this film. I, feel like. I do. I watched this movie. I was really excited for this movie. And I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. Um, but the idea and the anticipation for this movie got me. Like, it got me. And I was, like, determined to see this movie without spoiling as much as I could. Um, and there were stuff that I saw that got out before the movie. But I didn't click on any errant links i kind of figured that certain things would happen but it just didn't surprise me i actually really liked the first half of the movie which is like an unpopular opinion like i'd say a lot of people are like the first half of the movie is really bad and then the second half is actually really good and that brings it up for them um but for me i think the first half of the movie kind of highlights this character's journey in like a beautiful way it's very grounded and small scale I love seeing Tom Holland's Spider-Man, like, grapple with, like, his own mistakes. Meaning, they're not real mistakes, but, like, the way that they're presented to the public, they are. And I think that's so interesting to see Spider-Man unmasked in this world. Because he is the only character with anonymity um, in the, like, in in this universe. And to see that taken away and have him be, like, a minor is something more interesting than like a tony stark who can obviously handle it with like press you know how he can handle the press he's a playboy um and seeing that affect his friends and family is really interesting his college admissions i would have like loved a story focused on that as like a small scale thing but when he does go to doctor strange it does work it still works for me that they open up this multi-dimensional rift and he has to fight these cosmic bad guys that are like uh a parallel universe versions right and they're all great in this movie except for lizard and sandman (laughs) to an extent um but i think they all work their well but then as soon as it starts to get to i know it's quintessential spider-man for him to help them and have that boyish optimism Mm -hmm. but it just did not work for me the first time i watched it the second time it worked slightly better knowing it was coming But the tonal switch that happens feels so jarring and out of place for me. It feels like it's getting serious dramatically. And then they hit the pause button on the dramatics for like about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, And it like it's like all comedy and stuff. And then as soon as they get to Happy Hogan's condominium and Doctor Strange is locked up in the mirror dimension. That's where the movie started to lose me. And with the audience reaction... My God, did it ruin the movie for me the first time we watched it. And that didn't happen for Endgame or for Infinity War. I think I know why. I Endgame and Infinity War, their movies were paced and built to expect those moments. Spider-Man No Way Home was not. Like, you're you're not given any time to breathe or there's no momentum built into the like these supposed big reveals or anything. So, like, when uh, Matt Murdock shows up, like, they're, they're, they just go at it. And you can't, you can't hear what's going on in the scene because people are cheering, you know? If you want to build something that's, like, that the filmmakers know is going to be super monumental to the fans and the audience, make it that, you know? Make sure there's room for us to breathe when those moments happen. But yeah, I feel like with Toby and Andrew, like, it's this very awkward scene. Portal. 
of yeah. walking through a portal, and I, it's so lame. I'm Spider through a portal, like yeah, it was so lame. Reveals reveals through Swing portals. Of, yeah. Like, come, come on. on. Yeah. They, Don't, like, we already really... did that, bro. No, I'm <laughs> nervous about Multiverse of Madness because they're going to That's they're exactly do that why. with, yeah. like, some Everybody. X-Men characters or, like, Tom Cruise's Iron Man or exactly. something like that, you like, know? Like... And I'm thinking, like, I think, like, that, like even that's such a good point because I, I can totally imagine, like, like for example, the reveal of Toby and Andrew, like, they, they could have done something so cool where, like, like, what if, like, Tom Holland's character is getting beat up by Goblin and then, and then, like... I don't know, you see like a web fly in from nowhere. You look over, there's a silhouette and then like a light hits it and then it's Toby. I don't know. There's like, there's ways to, like you said, build that momentum so that the reveal is so much more. It doesn't even have to be a fight scene. Or yeah, yeah what if like, their reveal was when like, like Tom Holland Spider-Man was on the roof of his high school and she's like, hey, I, I found some people that want to talk to you. And it's that shot of them on the roof, you know, of them attached roof and they come down I've, uh, clearly it would have been uh, changed a certain way since it was their, the first time seeing him but something during that important of a scene would have been great instead of Ned learning how to use magic and it's being in his like his mom's dining room or something you know <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. agree because when I, I still don't like that scene their introductory scene I think it's the weakest thing in the movie i know a lot of people are going to disagree because they had a great time watching it but it feels so ham-fisted and forced and like honestly like very cringeworthy at times like there's a lot of what dialogue in this movie that is directly mentioning things that happened in the other movies and sometimes it's cute and fun and sometimes it is annoying as hell and not only that the movie forgets what to do with Ned and MJ. Forgets to give them something important to do. So, of course, that's the only way to bring it in is to introduce these other Spider-Men. Because they're set up in the beginning of this movie to be important characters. And in the trilogy, they're his best friends, his yeah. girlfriend. And then, like, they're, they're mitigated to, we're going to help you find these villains, which is great. But then they disappear and then they're like, we want to find Peter. And then they summon him through magic via these two alternate persons. It feels so like lazy and I feel like contrived. I know Ethan says it's a little too strong of a word, Mm -hmm. but it does feel like that to me where it's like they wanted this to happen. And it's very cool. Like I I love certain aspects of their interactions with one another. It's very cool to see alternate versions of these characters, especially ones we grew up watching hang out together but that moment for me just did not work like the stuff that worked for me was when they were on the statue of liberty i think that stuff was really good i don't i don't think the the science stuff was that great and i didn't think the uh ned's grandma stuff was pretty good but like the stuff on the liberty was good but i am glad that we got more than just action sequences with them i agree with that yeah the the rooftop scene with them is pretty good too i was fully expecting they would just be in the third act battle and the fact that we got like three like solid scenes not so well three not not solid in terms of quality but three solid like actual scenes with them before they're talking they're talking and then like a scene after that that's good um okay it's made it may Toby seem that died, I'm like bro. I didn't like this. Toby should have died. It maybe um, <laughs> seems like I didn't like this one. I actually thought this one was great. Um, I find it really interesting that what I love the most about this finale to this origin trilogy, like it's the origin, bro. It's the or. This is the origins. This is the MCU exactly. origin yeah, story for Spider Man. Yeah. 
like for the first Spider-Man, it took one like it took one third of a film, you know, for him to become Spider-Man. This took three movies. We really got to spend time with Peter Parker before we get to know him as this yeah. iconic on Spider-Man top. that we know. Not not just three movies, Ethan. Keep in mind we have Civil War, Infinity three, War, and any six, six movies. Six. Six movies. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, yeah, we he thought he yeah like that last scene. I think everybody, even if you're not like the biggest fan of this movie, like will agree that that last scene is fantastic because it does such a Best great of job of not only resetting things and giving us something fresh to look forward to in the future, but ties up the knot a little bit and makes things mm-hmm. like a nice little bow at the end to be like, all right. That's the end of this story. Let's go on to the next one. And they and can do the small end, scale stuff. Exactly. Too. Like he, by the end of the movie, he moves into his apartment. Reminds me a lot of Tobey Maguire's apartment in the in his Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, he builds his new suit and swings out into Rockefeller Center in New York City during Christmas. Um, yeah. And when that music is swelling, you're just you, it, like, I remember like being struck by this moment of realization where I realized like, yeah, this was all one giant origin story. Where, yeah, Spider-Man fought Thanos before he really became Spider-Man. And I don't know, there was something really like inspiring about that and kind of like yeah. exciting to know that like we're going to get more of this, but also we're, it's not going to be the same. But mm-hmm. that, that's good. And yeah. I don't want it to be the same. We've had enough of the home shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, the home titling is fucking annoying. Um, I think it's funny. Now now we're going to get probably a whole trilogy of films like Spider-Man 2. Like of Raimi's Spider-Man 2. We're now entering like, oh, yeah. in that arc, which is crazy. But I don't think they're going to be MCU tied in as much as you think. I mean, the first I, one will be because yeah. he'll be in... They're setting up Secret Wars for one. And two, I think the first one will take place in the MCU. I don't know. I think they're setting up a multiversal sort of thing with him. And I don't care too much about the multiverse after Multiverse of Madness, where it goes, other than Secret Wars. Well, I think after I Kang, because, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm just weir- worried now, because they didn't, they have these big lofty concepts, and they're not necessarily, they're, they're biting off more than they can chew with most of their properties, and that's like the issue. Yeah. And you can see the writing is sort of there for certain aspects. You can see that their action is most definitely there. It's the MCU, for God's sake. And their characters are there. But there are aspects of it that they're, like, missing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And um, I, there's a lot to like about this movie. Like, I, I know we're not going to talk about it too much, but Willem Dafoe and Alfred oh. Molina are really good in this They're movie. so good. Yeah. It's like they never left. They, like, yeah. the other three, it's like, eh, they're okay. And, th- and they're already, like... They kind of never left either, but like we didn't really like them to begin with, so yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, and like, all right. But these two, they're still, honestly, okay. Willem Dafoe is like, he is better in this movie than he was in Spider Man One. You know, Alfred Molina's on the same level, but Willem yeah, Dafoe, I would honestly agree, elevated in this movie to make Green Goblin like a like he is, he's yeah. supposed to be a cornerstone Marvel villain, you know. Yeah, and he proved that in this movie that he is like a cornerstone yeah. MCU villain for the villain that created Spider-Man the way he is. You know, even if Aunt May's death didn't work for me, his uh, his role in the movie did one hundred percent. Like the costumes, right? His psychopath was oh, psychopathy uh, yeah. is great. Yeah, like, 
I think it's so good. Like the, the, the what's it, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. You know yeah, I mean? it's played so, it's played just as well as Raimi did it in his movies. Although there it felt more like, like they, he was like directly playing with that Jekyll and Hyde. Whereas here it felt more like nuanced, you know? It didn't feel Shakespearean. It felt like a split personality, like the yeah, movie like, Split. You can and like you can feel like um, Norman's remorse when he snaps back into Norm, being Norman. Like yeah. there really is a split personality situation going on here. Yeah, and I think that's great. That brings a lot of humanity to Goblin as well because it's like you literally two people living in one body and they shift on a dime, and I think yeah. that's really great. Um, yeah. Super, All right. Super Anything else stuff. you guys want to throw out for Spider-Man before uh, we close things out? One thing that I like that um, this film does is like that I also think Spider-Verse does is it takes this really cool um, formal element of utilizing the multiverse to pull out the iconography of Spider-Man outside the frame of the film and discuss it with its audience. I feel like it does that a lot in this film. Uh by questioning what does it mean to be spider-man um and eventually we we under we understand what that is by the end of the film sort of as a reflexive question it acts upon itself because of the last two films and how they were sort of received by films but by like fans who didn't really see that as their spider-man but like okay so let's take it back let's take back what it means to be a spider-man and let's move forward with that idea you know, and they use that in a reflexive way of pulling him out to really take a look at himself by seeing different versions of himself and different versions of, well, ver- versions of villains from an alternate universe. And like, I just think that's so cool to have a multiverse story as the final thing to sort of set Spider-Man on to a path to being the Spider-Man that has become a cultural icon, you know? And like, it's amazing. Just like Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man. Super cool. <laughs> Andrew Garfield is really good in this. The ending's really good. Venom's in this movie. What more could you want, I guess? <laughs> yeah. What more? It, it literally is like, like you literally, I don't know if it's physically possible to ask for more from this movie. But uh, it, deli- it, it, it brought a lot. It, did, it, didn't dis- it didn't disappoint in the traditional sense for me. I just think they fumbled a lot of the execution. I don't think they fumbled putting these characters in. They succeeded in doing that. That's a fact. <laughs> they put them in. I think they just fumbled the execution. But it's not a bad movie. It's just mid. <laughs> it's not mid. You gave it three and a half. That's good. It's it's mid-bottom MCU. Mid-bottom MCU. <laughs> okay. I would still... I, I still think it... I don't think it's going to age very well, if I'm being honest. I think it will. Once we sort of see Parker's arc play out more, we're gonna look back at this movie as like this was a big moment in his like life, and that's gonna. Be, it's like it's gonna be like Age of Ultron, where this is gonna have big ramifications for this dude's life, but on a more personal scale than like a more of like a say political one in terms of the Avengers relationships, you know. Well, then I'd probably I have rated them the same, and I would probably put them Keep. together. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you they're go. very well, similar movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of are. Mid. Yeah, mid, do too much. Okay. Yeah. All right. All righty. Well, that's 2021 of Marvel. We talked about them all. Um, I'm super excited about next year. Next year. Let's. What is next everyone's most exciting. anticipated? 
Is it Doctor Avatar Strange? Two? Avatar no, 2. of Marvel. Avatar Two is so exciting. Yeah, Avatar Two, yeah, yeah, it's so good, dude. I'm so it's, excited. So, I'm of so Marvel, excited. you assholes. Not Avatar Two. What is coming out next year? So Thor. Doctor I, it's my most anticipated. Doctor Strange. Miss Marvel. Moon Knight. Thor. She Hulk. Um, Black Panther. Black maybe. Panther Two. Maybe I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Werewolf by Night. Yeah, and the Guardians movie. Holiday Special. And, Hardings, and I Am Groot. That uh, who cares about that? Who cares hey, about that? It's going to be tough. Watch, watch you put that as your top five by the end of next year. <laughs> what? No. Just you wait. <laughs> I'm most excited for Thor. I love that storyline. It's got the Guardians in it. It's going to have Christian Valkyrie. Bale's Christian Bale is going to be good in it. They're going to introduce the Greek gods. Uh, probably like a Hercules, Beta Ray Bill sort of like introductory in that movie it's stuffed but that movie has the potential to be like one of the best marvel movies mm-hmm. especially with jane foster thor jane mighty thor as they say the mighty thor yeah super fun all righty well cool we're clocking in an hour almost hour 20 a little over uh i think that's a good point to wrap up this episode of after hours thank you all for listening whoever stuck around for this little talk about these little marvel men talk about marvel you know i feel like i feel like we were just like have you seen the that snl skit of like the dog park for husbands uh no there's this new snl skit where it's like they're advertising like a dog park but for like lonely husbands and like a bunch of guys come together they go marvel 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 and i feel like that was (laughs) us for an hour for a near hour and a half so Thank you all for bearing with us. I know my girlfriend's not going to listen to this episode, but she anyways, love. <laughs> that's the 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 one the one little hinge in this that she doesn't like about. Anyways, 